Hey fuckers, welcome back to the podcast. About three years ago, I traveled to New York with Johnny Wonder. We got an Airbnb in East Harlem and the building looked really nice on the outside, but once inside the Airbnb, the walls were like super thin and it was really weird because there was the common area, which was like the living room. And then there was two rooms that were being uh, rented out. So Johnny and I just got one room. We figured we would share that. We weren't really going to be there other than to sleep and shower for the couple days that we were in the city. And it was just really weird because the walls were so thin and we could hear the other people while they were on the phone. We could literally hear their whole entire conversation from the person talking and the person on the phone. So it was pretty, pretty interesting. Um, but spent a couple of days there and it was okay. But I found that I really liked being on Long Island. It felt way more chill. Obviously, the city is like super busy and that's not really my thing. I just like being on Long Island. It just felt way more like of like way more of my vibe, just relaxed, not as crazy. And I just loved being there and I love supporting Long Island hardcore. So shout out to all the bands that I've had on and will have on. But this week we have on Lumpy from Sanction plays an out for justice. I was really thankful for him giving me his time. I've been wanting to have somebody from Sanction on for a while. So shout outs to Jack for linking us up and finally getting this together. Had a really awesome time and news broke today. Uh, the broken and refraction tour full us typecast CU space cowboy Vamakara and on select dates, dying wish adrenaline. And I know there's another band I'm forgetting. I'm sorry, but tickets go on sale tomorrow, Friday when you're listening to this. So please support the tour, go buy tickets early, sell that shit out because the new record's awesome. The whole tour package is awesome, and I'm really looking forward to that hitting chain reaction. And I hope all you guys go out and support. It's going to be an awesome and great tour. So without further ado, welcome Lumpy to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Lumpy. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, can I ask you where that nickname comes from? Um, when I was in uh, ninth or tenth grade, uh, I met this kid in high school. You know, we used to hang out and shit. And he one day he just called me a lumpy motherfucker because I used to be way bigger than I am now. And then I don't know, it just stuck. So. I've had the nickname for like a solid 14 years. Okay. Dang. That's a really long time, but, uh, that's cool. I, I guess, you know, most of the time you don't really pick your nicknames. They're usually just given to you. Yeah. I mean, I've been a fat kid my whole life. So like, and I have a fat kid nickname. So like when people call me lumpy, it's not like they're calling me fat anymore. Maybe for like the first year that I had the nickname, I was probably like, yo, you call me fat. But now, 
it, it doesn't even fucking matter. So mm-hmm. you just kind of just <laughs> learn to just like grow with it. Yeah, it's sort of just it's just a nickname. I don't know. A, a lot of people are, you know, I don't know. I've been fat my whole life. I I don't give a shit. I don't know. And do you feel like more people know you as your nickname or your real name? Yeah, a lot of people don't even know my real name. My real name's Andrew, by the way. The only people that call me that are my family and my girlfriend. Okay, all right. I don't, cool. I don't want my girlfriend. If my girlfriend <laughs> called me by my nickname, that'd be fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like um, she should kind of be like a little more personal and get past that. Yeah, yeah, that would. Yeah. Uh, I don't want that. Nobody wants that. That's okay. weird. Okay. Well, I, I, I know you play in uh, Sanction and Out for Justice. Do you play for yeah. any other bands? Um, As of right now, just that. I mean, I used to fill in for bands like all over the place, and I still do sometimes. And, I mean, I've played for a bunch of, bands but right now just sanction out for justice and i mean out for justice is like barely a band like we'll play like a show every once in a while but so pretty much just sanction i mean i don't know out for justice is just like a fun side project pretty much yeah and i i feel like i'm pretty lucky because i'm gonna get the opportunity to see you guys at fya oh yeah that's gonna be uh we're probably gonna sound like absolute shit but i mean that doesn't matter that 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 makes it better yeah and is that because you guys just aren't going to practice leading into it i mean we're going to practice once but uh i don't know uh, hopefully the other guys know how to play the song we'll, okay. we'll, we'll figure it out <laughs> all right and uh, do you know who's going to be playing drums for that set yeah uh my friend brandon from uh well he's he lives in the hudson valley but he's from western mass He's the drummer when we play live, and then Jay just does vocals with Kyle also. Okay, awesome. That that's gonna be like a real interesting set, especially since you guys don't really do a, a whole lot since it's like a side project. So I'm actually like looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be fun. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just the fact that we got asked to play is like it's cool, and it's also really funny because it's just a dumb thing that we do on the side. But I'm excited to play. Yeah, um, outside of FYA, have you been getting like offers to play? Uh, here and there, we'll get like offers to play like Long Island or like Hudson Valley or like somewhere in the Northeast. But um, we all have so much stuff going on, and you know, Jay's a teacher, so his schedule is like really tight. So we pretty much just can't really play anything. Okay. And um, can you talk about like going way back, uh, how you got into like hardcore or and metalcore? Um, I mean, pretty much growing up, um, my father was a drummer, so like I would watch him play drums, and he'd play like Sabbath songs and Bad Company, Zeppelin songs. I'd watch him play, then eventually I started playing drums, and then I got into like you know, more new metal, like alt metal bands, you know, like Disturbed and Nothing Faced and, you know, all, all stuff like that. And then, and then I heard, uh, I think I heard 94 Hours by Asley Dying, like right when that album came out. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is this? This is the fastest double bass ever. And then I heard like, uh, Liver Just Breathing Kill Switch. 
and stuff like that. And then I got like heavily into that whole world. And then I went to see Atreyu and Funeral for a Friend. And then this local band at the time, Antarabe, opened. And I was like, this is fucking crazy. So then I just started going going to more and more shows. And, you know, bands like bands like Antarabe, Anti Today, Winter Solstice, when I first started going to, like, local shows, not like concerts, were, uh, were like, pretty big for me at that time because it was just the coolest shit I've ever seen. And you going to those shows, was that just, like, stuff you'd, like, you've seen, like, online or how'd you even know about a Treyu playing in your area? I mean, honestly, I don't even remember. Probably from just from it might have been MySpace because that was like right when I got MySpace. Like I don't even remember how I found out about the show, but I, uh, dude, I don't even know. One of my friends at the time might have told me because like I I thought that that was like one of my favorite bands at the time. First two albums are still awesome, by the way. For sure. And uh, I don't know. I just. I don't know. So I went to those shows. I don't really remember how I was finding out about them. And then towards the end of ninth grade, I went to see, uh, God forbid, Caliban, It Dies Today. And I saw this band, Full Blown Chaos, open. And that was my first um, introduction to anything, you know, involving the hardcore world. Even though they're, you know, most people would call them more of a beatdown band, but it's still, you know, hardcore adjacent. But uh, I saw them, and I remember they opened up with this song "Blood Flow," and kids were literally leaving the pit covered in blood. And I thought this was the sickest shit ever. So, from that point on, you know, I always tried to find more bands around that world. You know, I got into bands like Shatter Realm and Seven Star and stuff like that, and then. You know, and then pretty much, in my opinion, the whole metalcore, that whole metalcore era died hard in like late 2006, early 2007. So by that point, you know, I was already getting into more and more, you know, straight up hardcore bands and stuff. I think it's cool that you mentioned um, It Dies Today a couple times. I, I love that band. I, I feel like their EP is like one of the heavy, like heaviest EPs ever. And I'm so bummed that I've never got the chance to see them live. Yeah, they, they used to play Long Island a lot, probably because they're, they're from Buffalo. So that's like eight hours away. So, I mean, I don't know at the time if they were on tours or not, if they were doing one-offs or weekends, like, I wasn't paying attention to shit like that when I was a kid. So they could have been just hitting Long Island, you know, on a three-day weekend, like, little run. But, uh, I mean, they came a lot between, you know, in the early, mid-2000s. Okay. And, you know, um, since you've been around for that long, I, I feel like, because um, I've been around, uh, like, around the same time, I feel like we've gotten to see, like, the full cycle of hardcore, like, all the trends, like, you know, from the different styles, like, you know, come and go, like, every style's been popular since we've been a part of this. Yeah, definitely. Which I, th- which I think is like pretty interesting because for me, I've always been a fan of all types of different hardcore. So um, it's always a little um, funny to me that certain styles will uh, be more popular during different eras when like to me, it's always been good. Yeah, everything goes in cycles. So, um, 
I mean, it's hard to really predict nowadays what's going to happen because, in my opinion, like, society in general is just getting dumber, so people just like worse music, so the standard for music is just going down. And plus, everything's just getting recycled, so, like, there's kids, there's kids now that are obsessed with, like, shitty metalcore that came out in 2011, and, like, they they're obsessed with like attack attack and like all that bullshit and it's just uh it just sucks i mean that i mean there's a difference between metalcore being played by hardcore kids and metalcore being played by metalcore kids because this shit could just get watered down and turn into a bunch of bullshit so i understand if you grew up on some stuff like but it just sucks i mean the shit i grew up on was bad enough. Like stuff like It's Us Today and all that whole world, like, yeah, I love it at the time, but they were hardcore kids doing it. You know what I mean? There's so many shitty bands that play warp tour and shit now that are just metalcore metalcore kids that grew up they, you know, they're influenced by a warp tour band from five years previous. And it's just a bunch of bullshit. I mean, everybody's gonna like what they like. I just I don't know. I, it takes a lot for me to like anything in the metalcore world, you know, past 2007. Okay. I, I definitely understand what you're saying when you uh, describe these metalcore bands or metalcore bands being played by hardcore kids. Cause you can definitely tell like, you know, just by like the way the music's written that there's definitely like, you know, some sort of hardcore influence in there. Yeah. Cause it was, I mean, when, when that whole era started, I mean, obviously you know, you could bring it back to a band like All Out War is technically a metalcore band, but that's like the roots of it. And they were, you know, they were hardcore dudes playing, you know, death metal influenced stuff, which is technically metalcore, but I'm not really going to classify it as that. You know, and then, and then bands like Disembodied and stuff, which is, it's hardcore, but it's heavily influenced by metal. And then the early 2000s wave with all the bands we were talking about before where it's like, it was just like a completely new thing. So it was like cool, but like there's certain generations that like it and hate it. Like the generation above me, like I've talked to, I've talked to like the guys from incendiary before. Cause they're pretty, they're, they're average about like five years, four or five, six years older than me. And they hate, most of the shit that I grew up on because that's like me hating all the stuff, you know, the kids that grew up that are five years younger than me, all the stuff that they grew up on. So it all matters what generation you're a part of. Yeah, I, I definitely see that because I, I've had a, a, a lot of friends who definitely um, fall into that category who, um, you know, the, they kind of look at like the current generation and see what's influencing them. And for the most part, um, they're not really happy with what those kids are like listening to be, just because there's so much great music that came before that, that these kids are just kind of like ignoring. Yeah, I mean, everything is just getting worse and worse because. A, like, kids don't even care to, like, research anything. And there's so many kids that are very, you know, I don't want to say starter pack hardcore, but, like, in my opinion, when you get into this shit, you should pick a subgenre and just dive into it 
and just find out as much as you can. Like, don't just be like starter pack, like across the board with like all this shit, like pick something that you like and find out a lot about it. Just nerd out on it. I mean, it, it just makes it cooler and, and you're involved. Like, I don't know. So many kids I feel like don't care. And, uh, they, uh, I don't know. Kids need to listen to more shit, in my opinion. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that, and and I feel like a lot of kids these days should rely on each other because even me, for example, I obviously been around for a while, whatever, but like I'm still in search of you know new bands because obviously like there's the bands that I've grown up with, the bands that I love, but I know that there's still good music being made, so I'm still searching. Like I I don't just stick with the same bands that I always listen to. I always want to see like what's new, see if it's good, see if it sucks. I I just want to know what's out there yeah there's definitely there's there's of course there's a lot of good uh new bands i mean there's also a lot of bad new bands but i mean that's just gonna happen i mean there's always bad bands but there's a difference to me between a bad band in 1995 and a bad band now it i don't know it I honestly don't know how to speak my mind, so I probably sound like a probably sounds like a bunch of gibberish. But you know, when you know in the mid '90s, there was sort of no like normal. You could just do whatever the hell you think sounds cool. Now there's so much access to the internet, and everybody can find what any band of any era sounded like, and you could choose what you want to sound like. And if you make a shitty band now, you're just not trying. And then there's kids that say they worked on this demo for fucking years and months and it comes out sounding like fucking shit and some basic stuff. And I'm like, why are you wasting your fucking time? Do something cool. Like, if you're going to waste that much time, you should just, honestly, just write the first thing that comes to mind. That's that's usually how the best shit happens. Like the Alfred Justice, uh, the first seven song thing we did, we wrote that in like, two hours and I really don't care if people don't like it. We barely even tried. So if you do like it, you got tricked because it honestly sucks, <laughs> but we love it. So I, kid, you shouldn't try too hard when it's hardcore. Like if it's like metalcore, yeah, I sort of get it, but don't, don't go out there trying to prove a point and acting like your shit's crazier than somebody else. If that makes any sense. I don't know. I don't know if you know where I, what I'm saying right now. I, I think I can kind of piece it together. Um, I, honestly, yeah, I, I feel like kids should try to just kind of write what they like and kind of not try to fit a mold like out like the gates. They should just kind of try to craft something that they think sounds good, not what people think is going to sound good, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good to go into something. Say you want to start a band. You're like, oh, that sounds like Madball, like, you know, Crown of Thorns or something. And you do that. I mean, like, that's cool, but just don't make it so cookie cutter or like, don't try too hard. Just, you know, don't think about your same boring hardcore riff too much or else it's just going to sound like everything else. And the standard for music is so low nowadays where you could just put out some bullshit and then kids are going to love it. And you're going to be like, wow, I really did a good job because kids love my demo or whatever and it's, it's just the same bullshit just don't waste all your fucking time on it just just don't think about it just see what happens and just put it out fuck it who cares it's hardcore 
Yeah. And I feel like with most bands, like time will kind of determine if like your band's actually good or not, because it, for most part, like if a band sucks, they'll figure it out and they'll just kind of break up or fade away. I, I don't uh, I can't think of a band that sucks. That's actually made it like, you know, big time and like, you know, has gained a lot of fans, even though they suck. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, th- I mean, I love here, here's an example. Um I love Knock Loose, right? And okay. I also have a lot of friends. I also have a lot of friends that hate Knock Loose. There's a lot of there's a lot of hardcore kids that like to talk shit on Knock Loose, but I love that band. But to be honest, I didn't like that band when I first saw them in 2015. But those kids know it. The kids in the band, I've told them, they, they, you know, they don't care. They get kids talking shit on them all the time. But that's the biggest band in the hardcore world right now. They got to be doing something right. You know what I mean? So when kids talk shit on them, you just got to look at what the fuck they're doing. I mean, they're essentially not a bad band because of how big they are. That's just your opinion. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a good example, but I guess you could sort of see where I'm coming from. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. Why didn't you like them when you saw them in 2015? Because I was at some festival island, mixtape fest, and my friend Jake used to go. And... uh, I remember I was outside and people were like, yo, you got to come in and see this. I'm like, what is it? They're like, knocked loose. So I go in and it's just, from what I remember at the time, just like shitty beat down and drop A and just kids just like going crazy. And at that time when I was 25, I was like, this is fucking stupid. But a year later I played with them. I met the guys and then, uh, I started like listening to it. I would see it more and I was like, I get it now. And the new album they just put out a few months ago is one of the best albums to come out this year. Um, I find myself listening to it all the time and it's extremely catchy and just sounds great. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think they're an, an interesting band. Like, I like Knock Loose, um, but I, I'm not sure how or like why they you know get so much hate. Um, but it, I, I think it's cool that they're still you know down for hardcore. They played This Is Hardcore even on their record release show. They brought out like a bunch of awesome bands um, to play it, and it's, it's just insane to me that people like you know hate that band so much when they're just like you know doing so many good things. You know, I feel like they're like a good representation of hardcore. Yeah, I mean they're they're hardcore kids for the most part. So they only want to bring out, you know, you know, hardcore bands. So it just helps out, you know, hardcore kids. Like they want, they want kids to come like, cause most of the Nakamoos fan base is just like weirdo, regular fucking like kids. I, I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, they go out to see knock loose and, you know, they might see a band like rotting out open. They're like, yo, this is crazy. And then they when they go check out Rotting Out and they go find all the all these other bands from that. So Knock Loose is just out there trying to get their weirdo like college kid fan base into hardcore, which is cool because that's going to benefit everybody in the long run. Yeah, and I'm I'm always curious like how they kind of got that fan base. Dude, I don't know. Like, if I were to be honest, like I know they they were doing like some bigger metalcore and like pop punk support tours, but I think they're just some rare breed of band. Like that doesn't happen a lot. The only thing I can really compare them to is sort of like a hate breed, 
but I mean, they're sort of like young hay breed in my eyes. Yeah, because uh, with the music that they put out and they're still pretty young in their career, they could still, you know, continue and go on for like a really long time. Yeah, they're going to be they're definitely going to be grinding for a while. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you uh, you play in Sanction. Can you talk about how that band got together? Because uh, you guys put out your demo in 2015, which seems like ages ago. Yeah, that. Um, so the story behind this band was, I remember my girlfriend at the time threw a surprise 25th birthday party for me, and then at that party, Dave. The, the singer of the band now showed me these demos that he was working on with, with these two younger kids that I, I didn't know yet. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to be playing bass in this. And I was like, Oh, this sounds pretty good. Like, here's what we got to do. You got to, you got to move from bass to vocals and we'll get our friend Nick on bass and then I'll play second guitar. And then he asked the two other kids in the band or Mike and little D the guitarist and drummer. And they're like, yeah, we're down. So we, so I sort of like, changed the lineup of the band and put myself in the band. And then we just started practicing and like making some shit. And then we didn't put out, that was March of 2015. And then we didn't put out the first demo until uh, November of 2015. And then we put out the EP December, 2015, literally a month later. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it formed. The two other, the two younger kids in the band were seniors in high school. They were graduating that year, and I was like, "Well, I'm playing with these." I just met these two like seventeen, eighteen year old kids, and I'm like joining their band, and it was like a weird experience. But I love those kids. And the person who mastered the demo, John Mackey, is that the same John Mackey from Vatican? <laughs> Yeah, I totally forgot that he did that. Yeah, I yeah, I guess he did do that. It's really funny. Uh yeah, that's him. He used to live on an island and then he moved to uh Georgia or Florida. I forgot where the hell he lives now. Yeah. Okay. And you you guys put out um with blood left uncleansed, like shortly after. Was there ever any talk of just combining the demo with that release? Well, I think what it was is that the the two demo tracks, those were part of those original demos that I was shown. There were okay. two other songs that, that, that didn't make the cut, but I went in there and I recorded my guitar track and then we redid the vocals. And then um, it just took like a while. And like, we didn't really care. We were just like, uh, like kids just like fucking around, like playing Long Island every now and again. And then we just put it out whenever we could. And then in the middle of that time, we were recording the other thing. So we were just like, let's just spread out the releases. Like, fuck it. Who gives a shit? Like, it doesn't even matter. We weren't in a, we weren't a band in a place where it mattered how we do our releases. We just wanted to fuck around. Okay. And if you can remember back then in 2015, when you guys put out those two releases, were kids pretty perceptive to it back then? Or did it take a while for people to catch on? Yeah, I think when we put out the, with Blood Left on Cleanse, um, kids uh, were fucking with it. We put that out. We did a run down to FYA um, at the end of December and the beginning of January. That's where we put that out. I remember we played like Maryland, North Carolina, South Carolina. No, North, North Carolina, Savannah, Georgia, 
and then FYA. And we put it out like in the middle of that. And we were sort of still like figuring out how to even play the songs. Like we could barely even play the songs from that EP at the time. So it was just really funny. We're just listening to like the recordings and like how to like try to remember how these parts go. So like we just put that out. And then I remember some band dropped off FYA last minute and then we got to open FYA that year. And it was like cool. So, and then we played an after show with Repentance and Renounce, which was one of the more fun shows you've ever played. And uh, how'd you guys even get asked to um, be the replacement to that band since you guys are still pretty young? I mean, um, Bob asked my friend Scanlon, who was with us on the on the tour down to FYA, and uh, he's like, yo, does Sanction want to play? And we're like, yeah, of course. I mean, we were going down anyway to play an after show, which, I mean, we got added to that after show without even having music out yet, which was, like, pretty sick, and I don't really understand why it happened. But thanks, Bob. I don't even know if you if you did that or if somebody else booked it. I don't remember. Lennon might have booked it because Drawing Last Breath, that was their first show, and Vatican also played. But I don't know. It was, it was sick. So whatever happened, thank you. Yeah, no, the, that's definitely pretty cool um, you, to get those opportunities like early on, because I, I feel like FYA is like does a good job in um, helping out and like trying to put on like um, newer bands um, that are doing things instead of just like relying on like, you know, reunions or whatever. And I feel like I talk about this all the time, but they just do like a really good job of putting on like, you know, like the new and like what's currently going on in hardcore. Yeah, that's the that's why it's probably my favorite fest now because they just they'll just take like local bands from like all over the place that don't tour and just have them fly down and just play. You know, most bands that just have demos out and stuff. You know, like a band like Out for Justice, like we're playing and we've played two shows and a lot of bands like that from all over the country and even some uh international bands sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, something pretty awesome. Um, and a couple of years later, you, you guys um, put out a four-way split, which I always think is pretty interesting because it's pretty common to see, you know, like a, just two bands do a split, but it's pretty rare when you see four bands get together and do a split. Yeah, so that, so, you know, so pretty much we did that FYA run and then, you know, we're just playing Long Island, you know, here and there. And then we did a, we did a, four day weekend with Vane, like almost a year later down to like Florida and back. And then we, then we put out a, a cover and then we put out a, yeah, then we put out the split right after that. And all this was like, just like a process because like we would record songs and then not put it out. I remember we recorded that split the summer of 2016 and then we ended up putting it out February 2017, and it was two songs. But the only other band, actually, yeah, Vatican was on that split. Funerals, who isn't a band anymore, is on that split. And this band, Iron Curtain from California, is on that split. And uh, that was just pretty much just the four bands fucking around saying, let's do this. Like, we don't have a reason to not do this, so let's just do it. Like, I mean, it was sort of just fun in like a fuck it scenario yeah no i i think it's cool like if you look at um 
uh, Vatican and Sanction, like where you guys are at now compared to when that split came out, it's, it's actually pretty insane because you guys have definitely grown a lot and we've done a lot of big things since then. Yeah, definitely. We just we just toured with Vatican uh, in November and it was it was awesome. Those guys are great. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the split and uh, that record label that put it out um, was it uh, Bitter Melody Records. <laughs> Yeah, bitter melody out of uh, I think he's in North Carolina, might okay. be South Carolina. And um, how did it end up coming out on that record label? Um, I don't remember. I think one of the guys in the other bands was like, "Yo, this guy wants to put it out," and I was like, "All right, that's cool." Like, I don't, you know, I'll do it with whoever. So you guys, it's your call. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's cool. Pretty cool that um, you guys were able. to to decide and it not be an issue because we get four bands together all from different places. Um, you know, that could easily turn into like a big issue. Yeah. It was like the four quarters of the U S because funerals was Portland, iron curtain was LA area. And then we're the Northeast and then Vatican's the Southeast. So that was like, that was cool. I mean, I don't know. Split was uh, fun, I guess. Okay. Yeah. It was something pretty awesome. And I, I kind of like how you guys, uh, from the demo, you guys kind of stayed busy with like, um, you guys had like a release come out every year, um, except for 2018, if I'm not mistaken, I feel like from uh, 2015 to now, the only year you guys didn't come out with anything was 2018. Yeah. We, um, our EP infringement of God's plan that came out in August, 2017, was re-released by Pure Noise uh, March 2018. So if that counts as a release, even though it was a re-release, that was the only thing for that year. Okay. And was uh, that, uh, do you guys have any plans to do anything for 2018 or you guys just want to take the year off to do some writing? I mean, that year, 2018 is when we really started, started like touring and do, doing more stuff because, uh, once we put out the Imprisonment of God's Plan in 2017, we were pretty much still in the same mindset as we were, you know, previously, where we were just like, just a random band that would just play Long Island or somewhere in the Northeast every now and again. And then we put out Imprisonment of God's Plan, and we did a tour with Vane and Buried Dreams right at the same time, right when we put that out. And um, like a two-week tour through like the Midwest and East Coast. We put it out, and kids were like, really digging it and uh we were like okay like maybe like kids like our band now and then we like started playing some more shows and we got home and then pure noise is interested in us and i was like okay like are we turning into an actual band now so then we just started doing then we did a tour like dying fetus and iron is murder and then like a few other things like did a tour with a mirror and stuff and i was like all right so uh i guess we're like a band now you know it, it, the whole mindset just flipped between local band that's just putting out pretty much demos and playing, you know, random shows around the Northeast to a full-time touring band just like that. So when you guys were writing uh, the infringement of God's um, plan, we guys just kind of going with just like, you know, the mindset of, okay, like let's just put out a new EP, not realizing that that was going to kind of like alter your guys' course forever. Yeah, we were definitely just writing it, you know, with the mentality of let's just put out something else. There was no like, yeah, we're going to put this out and we're going to get 
you know, people are going to like this shit. Like that, that was sort of, that's sort of like a whack mentality. Even if we were doing it like that, we're just writing it. We're just wanted to put it out because, you know, we're having fun. We, We weren't expecting anybody to like really give a shit, but like the fact that people care is awesome. And we're very thankful. Yeah, that's pretty insane that um, it was just able to grow into something like that. Uh, do you guys remember when um, you guys were like first approached by Pure Noise to join the record label? Yeah, I remember um, um, I was put in contact with the owner, Jake, of Pure Noise, and he wanted to work with us. And I was like, oh, this is pretty sick because uh, that was the number one record label I wanted to sign to. If I had any choice between any label, I would have chose Pure Noise at that time. And it's just sick that they wanted to work with us. So uh, they signed more and more heavy bands since then too. So just helping everybody out because they were obviously mostly a pop punk-ish you know, label with bands like Story So Far, State Champs, Census Fail, and then, you know, they got Knock Loose and then Us. And now, now they got You're the Knife and, you know, a bunch of other bands like that. So it's just cool. Yeah. And they definitely have like a pretty diverse roster. Like uh, I, when I look at the roster, like across the board, they definitely have obviously like a lot of uh, bands that aren't the same style as you guys. Um but I, I think it's cool that they're willing, like, and it's definitely trying like this past year, them willing to, you know, sign like more hardcore bands and actually give them a push instead of just like signing them and then just like having some obscure band on their label and not really do, doing anything with them. Yeah. I mean, they have tons of different sort of bands on there right now. And I fuck with pretty much all of it. Like they have like the story so far. Fucking awesome. And, uh, dude, I mean, they're signing bands left and right. I can't even really keep up, but respect the hustle and it's awesome. Can you uh, talk about that? You guys just, um, or not just, it's actually been a while and I think about it. You guys went on that uh, Pure Noise tour. Um, was it over the summer, if I remember correctly? Yeah, that was last, that was like mid-July to the end of August this past summer. Ned, can you talk about what that experience was like for you guys? That was a cool tour. That was definitely uh fun that was our second time touring with Sit Your Guns and we love everybody in that band and hanging out with you and the Knife counterparts and Terror I mean touring with Terror is uh, definitely a goal for me as a hardcore kid so seeing them every night was really sick but uh, yeah that tour was awesome yeah, I, I can't even imagine like how fun it it is to see terror every night. I, I think that'd be just like so much fun. Yeah, it was sick. Love them. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember um, uh, the night after the obs- uh, the observatory date in Santa Ana. You guys randomly added a chain reaction show. Yeah. Yep. Because I think the observatory show sold out and they just wanted to do another one and i was like yeah of course we're down let's go and uh do you remember like how long in advance you guys knew about that um was that always like the plan to have like that extra show or was that something that just came out like last minute i think it was in the talks for a bit like if if the observatory show got uh if the observatory show sold out they were going to add a chain show 
So, I mean, we were down, and then you know, it came to that point, so the chain show happened. And that show was sick. It was a great way to end the tour. Hell yeah. I, I was thinking it's cool when um, Chain Reaction gets those kinds of shows because these days it's like um, they don't really happen too often. So I, I thought it was cool that they um, were able to bring something like that back to Chain. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, uh, that was the first time I've ever played Chain. And growing up watching like, you know, Bury Your Dead DVD, I always wanted to play there. So that yeah, was fun. Dang, that's definitely a throwback. That Barrier Dead DVD. I, I, I used to watch it all the time too with friends, and I, I remember like the singer getting his just like head busted open, and um, you know there's like a chance that he wasn't gonna be able to finish the set. Yeah, I think mean, that was uh, during Top Gun. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a, it's a great it's a great uh, some great live footage there. So uh, that was your first time playing Chain. Was that your first time ever going to Chain? I was uh, at Chain one other time when I was uh, doing Merch for Vain on Life and Death Tour in 2017. Okay. Um, and I feel like I'm watching videos of Chain. Um, like it makes it seem like it's bigger than it actually is. Were you surprised at how small it was when you got there? The first time I was there, yeah, I think I was a little surprised. But it, it's like a cool setup. So it's pretty much like the perfect venue because it's not too big and the floor is just a perfect size and people can pretty much look from anywhere in the venue so it's uh pretty much perfect yeah i feel like the only time uh chain is bad is like when it gets like really hot and uh does not like you know like when chain sold out like and when it's like a packed show and it gets like super hot and it's just like super moist in there i feel like that's the only time it's bad but like 99 percent of the time chain is always awesome yeah i love that place i want to play there again okay so uh, this year, um, it was like, uh, while, while you guys were on tour, you guys released broken in refraction. Yeah. Uh, we released it like a week into the tour. Okay. And, um, you guys had a pretty awesome lineup for your CD release show. You guys had uh Jukai cypher year of the knife separated, roll them all. And, uh, God, I, I'm going to mess this up. Is it silentus? Yeah, Silent Earth. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, which I, I thought was a cool lineup because, uh, you know, uh, Jukai broke up, but then they got back for you guys' record release show, which was awesome. Uh, can you talk yeah, about it? Go ahead. Yeah, pretty much we were, like, trying to put together a lineup, and somebody was like, yo, just ask Jukai. And I was like, yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> so I asked him. I was like, I know you guys broke up, but you want to just play this for us because – I mean, we've been friends for a long time and Jukai was like such a big piece of this band when we were starting out. I mean, we would play all the time and be hanging out all the time. So it's just like a one-time thing just because it means a lot to us. And they were like, yeah, like we're not going to play anymore after this, but yeah, just do it. We'll do it for you guys. It's one time. And I think that's awesome. And I know uh, some of the members are in uh, the fight, but uh, do you know um, if the other members went off and did other stuff? Well, yeah. Uh, so the singer of Jukai playing guitar and rule them all. Um, the, when Jukai broke up, both of the guitarists are in the fight. 
at the, that Jukai lineup has both the guitarists in the fight. Uh, Dylan, the guitarist of Jukai, plays guitar in the fight. And the other guitarist, Kyle of Jukai, sings in the fight. And um, Steve, the drummer of Jukai, is not doing anything right now, but he's probably working on a band because he loves to just do shit. And Ian, the bassist of Jukai, is not currently in the band. Okay. Dang, that's awesome. But it seems like a, a like it was like definitely an awesome lineup. Do you remember um, how the show went? It was sick. I mean, we also had separated, separated pretty much like the, I don't know if you call it like brother band of Sanction because it's three of the same members. Like I play bass in Separated. Mike, the other guitarist of Sanction, played guitar in Separated. And Dave, the singer of Sanction, also sings with Separated. And then our drummer's brother plays guitar and separated. And he also recorded Broken and Refraction and literally everything that Sanction's ever done. And and then our good friend Nick plays drums and separated. And separated was like a band way before Sanction. Like they were playing forever. And then I started hanging out with them, you know, started seeing separated a lot and you know, I mean, Separated was like my favorite band. And then sort of Sanction sort of like took off. So like Separated, you know, all those kids in the band, besides the Sanction members, had a lot of stuff going on in their lives. So Separated t- kind of took a step back for a minute and then, you know, um, just wanted to come back and play another show at our record release because it only it makes the most sense to do it at that show. And the Separated set was fucking awesome. So... Yeah, it was it was it was sick. And uh, you mentioned that guy who recorded all your guys' stuff. Uh, his name's um, Evan Perino. Yeah, that's Evan. Yeah. Um, can you talk about um why you stuck with him the whole way? Which I think is awesome because uh, I'm always down for loyalty. But I was just curious why you guys have done that this whole time. I mean, he's just a good friend of the band and literally family to you know our drummer. So and. Um, I mean, we didn't really want to go with anybody else. We just want to, you know, keep recording the 631 for now. So, um, yeah, I don't know. He he recently opened up his own studio about a year ago now. So then we, when we recorded Broken and Refraction last March, it uh, just worked out perfectly. Also, this dude, Chris Reaney from Long Island, did recorded it with Evan. Like they double teamed it. They like split it up into like different parts. Okay. That's awesome. And, uh, definitely stoked to see that you guys have stuck with him through the whole way. And I'm guessing you're going to continue to record with him for your guys' next project. I mean, um, as of right now, I have no idea if you want my honest opinion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. we, we could, we, we could, we could not like, I have no idea. <laughs> Okay, and uh, I'm always curious because, like, since you're signed to like a bigger label, um, they were like okay with you guys doing that. They didn't have some like you know place already set up for you guys to record. I mean, we had. If you want me to be honest, we had something, and then it fell through, and then we were like, "Let let us record with our friends. Like, it'll be awesome." And they're like, "Okay, yeah, let's do it." Okay, that's cool. Well, um, since uh, Broken Refractions came out, you guys have uh, stayed pretty busy. You, you guys, um, like you, you briefly mentioned, you guys were on tour with uh, Queensway. Uh, it was like about a month ago, right? 
Yeah, yeah, that was sick. So we so we uh we're on the Pure Nights tour. We dropped the album about a week in, and then we had about four weeks left of that tour, and we get home, we were like chilling, and then we just did a two week run down the east coast through the Midwest, um, uh, with Queensway, Vatican and Fumi Mouth, and that was awesome. And um, you know, and we're going to Japan in January with Knock Loose. And we might have something to announce pretty soon for, uh, you know, the near future. Well, you know, um, it's become pretty commonplace for bands to break news on this podcast. So if you know, you're feeling like breaking some news today, by all means, I mean, I can't bring any news, but, um, we might be coming by your way. That's all I gotta say. Okay. All right. Um, uh, one thing I want to ask you about was, uh, the last show on that run with, uh, Vatican and Queensway and Fuming Mouth. Um, the show was in Baltimore and it was being streamed live on Twitch by hate five, six. Did that, yeah. um, like alter like the way you felt like playing live, knowing that it was being, um, live streamed to like people from around the world. No, I, I, I don't care about that. I mean, that's cool, but never going to change like how I am. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause honestly, that show was, that show was cool. I, I, I remember I was just like sitting at my computer and I saw somebody like posted on Twitter and I was able to catch Queensway set and your guys' set on Twitch. And I was like, wow, this is like pretty insane. And like, I, I was definitely questioning myself if it was live or not, just because like, I, I wasn't sure. I, I thought I was just like, you know, I could have been watching like something that was like archived, but like I, I, I looked around and sure enough, it was like definitely happening or happening live. And I was like tripping out. I was like, wow, this is kind of weird to watch like a, a live hardcore show, but it was also like kind of cool. That's, that's the thing where kids like play video games and like people watch them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cause I, I honestly, I see people post about it, but I really don't know how it works. And, uh, so, uh, I, I sort of want to get into it, even though I'm not good at video games. And it, I don't know. I, I, I sort of want to like download it and see what it's about. Yeah, I really don't know. Shit. I really don't know shit about it, but well, I'm gonna look into it. Um, yeah, you don't even have to play video games. Like you can just like view people like playing, or if you wanna like you know be a streamer. Like you don't even have to be good at video games to to live stream and get an audience. You just have to be interesting enough, and also you can just do it just to have fun. Like it's like you know, obviously it's just like anything in life. There's like different levels you can take it. I'll definitely become a streamer and make my dumbass friends give me their money. Because you definitely got to make money on there somehow, right? Yeah, there's like different like criteria to um, that you could meet to like become like a partner with Twitch. But even just like being like a like you know entry level streamer, like you could have people just donate money to you through like like a third party website. So it's just like yeah, you, you could make money like a different like a bunch of different ways. It sounds awesome. Yeah, there's um, like there's literally people who do that for a living. They just get on Twitch and, you know, that's their full time job. Yeah, that's crazy. It's sick. It's the future. Yeah. Um, uh, so like Sanction, you guys are a full time band uh, uh, outside of Sanction. Do you have a full time job or is that um, it for you? Um, I do like grocery delivery and that's pretty much my side hustle like when i'm home okay and you know i'll do i'll do little things here and there but that's pretty much it okay that's cool and um, i'm trying to think uh so 
going back to out for justice you kind of mentioned that uh, the first seven songs that you guys wrote i um, mean did it within like two hours like can you talk about how this whole thing kind of came together i was probably exaggerating a tiny bit but here's the story okay uh, <laughs> uh so pretty much i went to a show in jersey uh, it was about exactly a year ago right now okay mind for a show mind for spittlehead somerset thrower mill spec and I was hanging out with Jay before the show. And he was like, yo, I really want to start a band that's like 90s, like sort of like Terror Zone. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, that's like my shit, right? Like, yeah, let's just do that. So he's like, yeah, he's like, all right, I'll play drums. So uh, a, a few weeks later, I think it was New Year's Eve, actually, last year, I went out to Poughkeepsie. We went to the All Out War practice space, which was awesome because that's my favorite band. And we just like wrote like skeletons of like five songs in a couple hours. So we just we just went in there and we just did like the first shit that came to mind. We're like, yeah, that's fine. Let's just do that. And we recorded it on an iPhone so we didn't forget it. And then about a month later, I went back up, me and Jay and Kyle went over to uh, Will Hurst's studio in uh, Western Mass, his Gate 4 Studios, and uh, we um, pretty much just wrote two songs on the spot. There was one song that uh, Jay just, like, did, like, drums. He just, like, played whatever the hell he wanted, and then I just put guitar to it, and... Uh, and then there was another song that we wrote, like, we just did, like, the first half together or something like that, and then we just made up the end. I honestly don't remember. Like, I just told Jay to pretty much do whatever he wants, and I'll just put guitar to it. And then Kyle and Jay had some lyrics written, and then we just banged all that out. We did all seven songs and, like, recorded, did every single thing in about, you know, I want to say seven or eight-hour day. And... um and then Jay, you know, sent all the all the samples to Will, and he just put all those together. It's pretty insane how quickly that all came together, and like the fact that people actually enjoy it, and you guys managed to write stuff that's good enough. Because sometimes when you go and try to write things, sometimes you end up with nothing. But the fact that you guys were able just to kind of put all these songs together so fast and it actually come out good is like super surprising. Yeah. Like I said, you shouldn't put thought to it, into it. Don't put too much thought into doing anything with hardcore or else it's probably going to come out bad because uh, it's hardcore. It's not, it's not fucking metal. I mean, Okay. Know, man. <laughs> um, and so I'm always fascinated with other scenes and I, I'm just curious, like, like what your opinion is of um, Long Island hardcore right now. It's, uh, it's very good. There's a lot of young kids coming out every, t- every single time I go to a show, I see probably 10 kids I've never seen before, which is sick because there was definitely sort of a low part probably a few years ago, but now it's definitely thriving because there's a, there's a lot of younger bands like Silentus and Poor Choice that, that a lot of the younger kids definitely put on for. And uh, it's awesome. 
Yeah, I, I was definitely uh, sad to see uh, like a band like backtrack call it quits because I feel like they like were like a bigger band. They've been around for a while, and that kind of just took me by surprise. So I, I'm always curious to see like what the scene is like now, like after losing like such a big band. Yeah, I mean, um, backtrack was definitely a big deal here. Um, I remember when the demo came out. I was pretty much the only kid in my friend group that actually fucked with it because a lot of kids I was friends with at the time only like beat down and like tough guy, hardcore and shit like that. And backtrack demo came out and I was like, yo, this is cool. And they're like, we don't give a fuck. So, I mean, and then deal with the devil, deal with the devil record release is like a very sick show. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Backtrack was awesome, and every band has to come to an end sometime, so it was just their time, I guess. Yeah, but there's definitely no shortage of Long Island hardcore, because there's definitely like a ton of good bands coming out of there right now. Yeah, um, there's a lot of younger kids that are always dropping demos left and right, which is sick. And uh, I'm trying to think of, I mean, Rule Them All is one of my favorite newer bands and their newest EP is one of my favorites of the year and uh, we also got Hangman's killing it right now Hangman is maybe on Long Island maybe the, the fucking biggest band like they fucking kill it every single time they uh, I don't know there, there's like a group of kids well a lot of kids on Long Island that will go to every single Hangman show and just go crazy so they're killing it right now. I hope they do more shit. Okay. Uh, speaking of rhythm all, I, I was talking to John yesterday and I told him that you're coming on the podcast and he asked me to ask you about a uh, figure without form. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that was just a, a dumb band I was in, in, in high school, just like a, uh, metalcore band that had very bad recordings that never played off of Long Island. So you could suck my fucking dick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, pretty much. There was a funny show. I mean, when I was 16, I played, I was good friends with John's brother when I was 16. Okay. And John's, bro- John's brother was in another shitty band and my shitty band and his shitty band would play all the time. And we played, his, I think it was, it was, it was his backyard. It was his stepdad's house in the backyard. And I remember John's dad, John was like 12 at the time. John's dad screamed at me because my amp was too loud. And John just loves to bring up that story all the time. And that's definitely what he was trying to get out of, you know, telling you to ask me that. Okay. You know, I, I try to do some research. I, I found the MySpace, but these days it's hard to listen no. to music off of no, like, don't, don't listen to that. <laughs> don't listen to that. That's, that's bad. <laughs> that's like, like I, like, uh, I mean, I had fun at the time, but dude, it was terrible. Like I'll let you know if something's good or not, if you should listen to it. But that was just, that was just shit. 
Okay. But so I continued my research and I went on YouTube and there's like a bunch of live videos of you guys playing. And the one video that I watched, it was, it it was pretty crazy because I felt like there was so many kids like moshing to your guys' band. I was like, wow, like kids must've really loved this band back in the day because there was so many kids going off. I probably know what video you watched and yeah, it was definitely bad. I had very long hair at the time. If you watch the right video. Okay. Dang. That, that's interesting. But, but yeah, but that was like way back in the day. That was like early, but like it was like 2005, like around that time. It, it depends. It depends what video you watch, but it's anywhere between 2005 and 2007, most likely. Okay. Yeah. Dang. That was a long time ago, but yeah. I, and honestly, like I had no idea like what your reaction was going to be, but, um, to that question, I'm just glad that like you didn't get upset. Cause uh, that's one thing I was worried about. No, no it's just, uh, I mean, I have a paradise. It's just funny. And it, it definitely sucks, but it was, it was fun. It was definitely a big part of my life in high school. Okay. Well, we're like coming to the end of 2019. Uh, I'm not sure if Sanction's going to continue with this trend of dropping a new um, release every year, or are you guys going to like let this last record live a little longer? Do you guys have any plans? Yeah, I don't think we're going to, um, I don't think we're going to um, uh, put anything else out in 2020. I mean, I would love to, but I don't think it's going to happen. But 2021 is most likely going to be the next time we have something new out. Okay. That's cool. Um, And do you know who runs the sanctioned Instagram? Instagram is mostly me and Mike, the other guitarist. Okay, because I, I definitely like the the aesthetic uh, of the Instagram because, like, you know, all the photos have, like, that same background. Yeah, that's... uh. That's all Mike. He, okay. uh, all, all the artwork, like from the album and that whole frame was all between Mike and uh, Little D, the drummer. Little D drew it. He drew the whole like front of the art and then Mike like played with it and like added some stuff. And uh, they, you know, we just did everything ourselves pretty much. Yeah, no, I, I think it's cool because like it gives you guys like this little um, unique taste when I go to your guys' Instagram. Like I think it's kind of just awesome to see something different instead of just seeing just like a plain photo. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, this has definitely been fun. I'm happy that I was finally able to track somebody down from sanction. So I, I just want to say thank you lumpy for being down to do this. It definitely means a lot. Yeah, of course. Anytime. If you don't want to do it again, just hit me up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but before we sign off, is there anything you would like to shout out or plug? Um, shout out Rule Them All. Shout out The Fight. Shout out uh, any of my friends' bands. Um, listen to the new Rule Them All. Listen to the new Division of Mind that's coming out. Listen to, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, do your research. That's all you gotta say. All right. Well, there you guys have it. <laughs> this has been another episode of the Jamie K podcast. Always on top.